Good morning, good morning, good morning. Gosh, good morning. How are you? So we have a new, got a whole new crew in. I know, this is great, isn't it? It is. I haven't been here. This is my first time since, I don't know, the end of July. I think Crazy. The, one of the last times I was here was in June, I believe. So No, you were here in July because I was gone. Oh, that's right. Uh, Somebody was guest spotting. That's yeah. right. So, yeah. So, so we're meeting each other via mic for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the first time via mic, but... Anyway, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Yeah. How was your? Uh, you went. You were in cooler weather last week. I was in cooler weather last week. Yeah, I was in Portland for a little bit. It was Talking great. about enjoying a cup of coffee outside in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It rained a lot, so it wasn't a lot of outside time. But it was actually, but that was great. You know, from Arizona, it's funny. I was in, when we were there. It was like. Oh, we're so sorry. The weather's so crummy. And I'm like, Mom, no. This I live someplace where it rains never. And even when it does rain, it's still hot. So I put on my sweater and away yeah, I went. I know. We were, I was in North Carolina in, North, in, uh, in August. And one night we had a thunderstorm and it just poured rain. And I was saying to my wife, isn't this just beautiful? And the, the smell of the, yeah. of the green getting wet and stuff. It was an entirely different smell than mud getting wet in arizona <laughs> oh well the creosote is nice but yeah it's different <laughs> it is different <laughs> it's different like it's just the green the green just makes you feel good like it's just right. mm. so but then we can brag to everybody what how much how much we love the weather in december as we complain about how much we don't like the weather in august it is what it is it is yeah and there are lots of good things nine, nine months out of the year we get to go do anything almost anything we want to so that's exactly without right. having to layer on uh snowsuits which would be harder so well, super excited about the show today. So we have two amazing guests, um, and I'm going to let you introduce them since I think you have a, a knowledge of them that I do not. But that's that's true. Yeah. Um, um, thanks for um, playing along and yeah. allowing me to drag some people in that you hadn't had a chance to get to know yet. Totally. Um, great opportunity for you. We'll, we'll let you do the questions then. But, um, <laughs> Um, yeah, we have uh, Sharon Ray, who is a very good friend of mine. I've known her for, I don't know, five or six years now. Yeah, a long time. And uh, Sharon has a business called uh, mm-hmm. Whole Family Coaching. And I love, uh, she's going to talk a little bit about this more, but I just want to tee this up that she has got a really great phrase for her business. It's called No Judgment, mm-hmm. Just Love. And um, I think that... It, it almost says enough, but we're going to let her later on explain that a little bit more. And then the other person that has joined us in our group is a gentleman named Brandon Cook. Um, I've known him since the day he was born, <laughs> and he has known me his My whole life. life. <laughs> and uh, Brandon is um, a young man who's been on a on a very um, inspiring uh, uh, journey. And I brought him along because uh, we're going to talk about parenting, but I think it's always nice to have a conversation about parenting from somebody who's been through adversity um, with a parent, not as a parent, on the other side, and can shed some perspective on communication and those kind of things. So, Mm -hmm. um, Brandon and Sharon, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Dave, for having us. Thanks for having me. So, before we go any further, Sharon, tell me a little bit about um, how you got into this and where you came up with No Judgment, Just love oh thanks dave um good morning everybody nice to be here talking about parenting which is one thing i love (laughs) i've been i've been a jane of a lot of trades but my last official job being hired by someone company was with first things first and first things first is an arizona government agency that does uh, programs and information for parents around our state 
but for the young ones, letting them know that the ages of birth to five are important for a child's brain development and getting them ready for school. So be careful with what you expose them to. I'm um, sighing because I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> this whole show is just going to make me feel like, oh, I've already messed it up and she's only 12. <laughs> Actually, you haven't. So I'm just going to keep taking a deep breath every time I'm like, oh, my God. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Breathe deep because you have not messed her <laughs> up. You. Her yeah. brain is pliable and oh. anything she's learned, she can relearn with your help. Thank you. <laughs> You're right. welcome. Yeah. And always no judgment, just love. <laughs> just love. <laughs> and that goes both ways. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I realize that the babies have a lot of people that work with them, but that's not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really enjoy teen years and middle school mm-hmm. years and uh, working with families through divorce. So mm-hmm. no judgment, just love came in come almost divinely um, and it fit me so well because my personality is to allow people to be themselves in my presence and in my coaching that helps my clients um, not only share their frustrations but celebrate their joys Mm -hmm. in a safe space. So I work with families that are um, going through divorce, having a teenage life, which I'm sure you're right in the middle of that right now, huh? (laughs) I love working with single fathers because as a mom, I used to judge my former husband quite a bit, and now we have a wonderful relationship 10 years outside of being divorced. So a perspective from a mom who's been there to dads is really valuable. I also like to work with uh, grandparents because Mm. as we're going to talk about communication today, there is a whole different generational uh, way people speak. And so when you have elders raising their teenagers, there's a real challenge with understanding each one's value system. So I can be reached at www.thewholefamilycoaching.com and let's get started. Nice, (laughs) nice. So Brandon, I know you uh, said to me, what do you want me to say, Dad? Um, And... Just tell everybody what you want us to know about you, rather than me trying to like script you up. Just tee us up. Tell us what you want us to know about you. Um, so, can full disclosure? I guess um, it's, it's your it's your three minutes. Go for it. So, I have been you know uh, on a ten year journey of um, opiate heroin and heroin addiction. Um, I just celebrated a year completely clean of all things, all substances. Um, you know, I, I guess right right now I'm I'm still you know trying to figure out my life a little bit, but um, definitely with a much more uh, clear mind. You know, uh, kind of gaining gaining a little bit of focus. You know, through God, through the work that I've done. You know, I have a a therapist that has really helped me a lot of in a lot of ways um and you know just trying to gain clarity and insight into what i want to be doing going forward um you know i'm a, an aspiring musician i still uh am trying not to let that dream die uh because i think it's uh i don't know what it is exactly but i know that god has a place for me with music you know so that's, that's where awesome. I'm at right what now. What do you play? Uh, I play guitar. Um, I can also, I can dabble with most things. You know, I can play the piano a little bit and the drums, but I primarily, I play a guitar. Do um, you write any music or? Yeah. So <laughs> funny enough, like I really don't know almost any, any other people's music because I've been writing for so long that <laughs> like so most cool. of the stuff that I play <laughs> is, is my own. Um, and you know that's that's one area 
where even when I've been like very low in confidence and anything else, uh, it's the one area of my life where I've always known of, um, you know, my, my talent for it. So that's a great thing to have Mm -hmm. inside. I imagine, is it difficult to talk about your experience or your journey? Have you gotten to a place where it's, you're putting it out there now helps you or is it still something you're doing? So I've always had the, uh, the mindset, even when, you know, my dad years ago was kind of telling my story on his, on his own a little bit, um, that I, I'm okay with people knowing, you know, I, I think it's important that, uh, people know who you are, where you come from. It, it shows authenticity. I think it's like supremely important to, mm-hmm. to be authentic to who you are and that's part of my journey and you know that that's who I am today is based on the things that I've experienced yeah. you know so I can't take that part out of it yeah yeah well I think that's cool because I think there's shame a lot of times you know you, you let that shame and that actually I think halts healing and halts you know the mm-hmm. ability to impact positively mm-hmm. so and that, well, that's, you know, Jennifer, that's a great point. It's a big part of the reason that, you know, when we look at one of the objectives for this show is obviously, you know, you kind of laughed and said, oh, no, I'm, you know, I got a 12-year-old and I screwed things up. And so we go into parenting. And parenting is, um, you know, three of the four of us in this room are parents of children at different age. I can't speak for our, our producer here, but, okay, four of the five, there's an there's an invisible person in this room voice-wise. But, um <laughs> You know, the challenge is, is that we worry about our role and our responsibilities as parents. You know, I was, I was always concerned about doing the right thing and stuff, and I had visions and goals and objectives for my children, and I conveyed them to my children. And when they got off track, it was a, there was an element of it that I was failing my kid mm-hmm. or that somebody might be seeing that I screwed up as a parent. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And so then it would that behavior would intensify to the thing that instead of making things better, mm-hmm. I actually made things worse because it became more about me and less about them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so to hear, have Brandon come on and tell his story, you know, I mean, obviously it makes me very happy to hear that his journey has changed, you know, has done what it's done, but I've had very little to do with it. I'm just proud of Brandon for the work that he's done. But I'm also proud of Brandon for his ability, like you said, I'm going to be honest about who I was on mm-hmm. my journey. And I love it. You know, parents don't know how to get help because they're afraid to share their the stuff in their journey because mm-hmm. of that judgment and stigma and things, whether it's addiction or your kid's failing in school or they have maybe a learning disability or a health issue. There's that fear. And, you know, I just thought it would be fun if we talked a little bit about, as parents, what terrifies us mm-hmm. and how we can you know, communicate it out and also then how we communicate our, to our children in those in those realms. Mm-hmm. Dave, can I just uh, offer before we talk about the terror, terror things? Yeah, um, <laughs> we can do anything you want. <laughs> My perspective is uh, different as a parent um, for the first 15 years or so of our children's lives. I thought I had this parenting thing down. Mm-hmm. I thought I was the best parent on the planet. And once I began this role of being a family relationship coach and really learning things, I realized, whoops. <laughs> and that's really the puzzling part to me. Raising children is the most precious, important job we can have. Yet we don't always think, we need to learn something about this. We go have that little time and, you know, the baby pops out and then we just think, okay, we'll wing it. 
And a lot of the times your intuition is accurate, but more often than not, just like you said, Dave, we parent from the perspective of us. And what we would benefit from is parenting from the perspective of our children, understanding who they are, understanding how they communicate, understanding what their needs are different than what we think Mm -hmm. their needs are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, very good. And so we'll keep going on that. So um, what are some of the things that uh, parents need to do? How does that how does that manifest itself? Well, I think just like Brandon said, the first thing is to be authentic and recognize this is a brand new soul that you have that's Mm. born. Mm. This is not you. It's not a mini you. It's a mini them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And although your love is eternal and unconditional for them, you would benefit by learning how to nourish them. That is the thing that parents, I think, we don't always separate. To love is to love, and we know how to do that. Mm. But to nourish, you need to know who that person is. Mm-hmm. and give them what they need, not what you think they need. So mm-hmm. if they're a fish, you cannot really feed them giraffe food because they mm-hmm. can't, can't reach the trees. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's the first thing. And then the second thing, just like uh, uh, Brandon said, is to be willing to know that it's okay to learn something new. Mm-hmm. We don't know about child development. Mm-hmm. We don't know about the brain and how it works from a zero to five, different from the way it works from teenagers different from the way it continues to grow until their mid and late 20s Mm -hmm. we don't understand and this is one of my wonderful specialties is that as far as I can tell from the many 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 people I've spoken with we don't have a way of learning how to communicate our wants our needs and our desires in an authentic way unencumbered by fear and jealousy and uh, confusion to the people that we love. Mm. Mm. And so my goal is to help everybody in the family learn that what you said, not necessarily what they heard, mm-hmm. and I can help you understand what was meant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thing. It's funny that she oh. said that. Uh, I, was just think, I was thinking of your selfless listening. Well, that's why she's on the show. Jennifer said to me last week, she says, who do you know that would provide some you know, corresponding insight? And I said, I got somebody. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm with you is that um, we get caught up. You know, my whole thing is, uh, you know, I talk about selfless listening. And selfless listening is, is that it's not what I want that's participating in the conversation. It's what you need. And the most important person in the conversation is the person that you're engaging what they need, why they need it, what's getting in the way, what their struggles and challenges are, what their concerns and worries are, so that you can see the world from their eyes. Mm, because I, I'm very clear what I see. <laughs> yeah, but I, what I'm, where I get in trouble is making assumptions that what I see is what you see mm. or what I know is what you know. And when we start doing that, that's when we get in trouble because now we're telling people what to do from our perspective, mm. not from their needs and their perspective. And, mm. you know, life is really kind of easy but we as parents make it really hard because when you want to know what your child needs after they become able to speak to you, ask them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just figure it out ourselves. We think we know and we place all these things upon them that they may or may not need. So especially with teenagers, ask them because not only will they give you the answer if you've created that relationship that they can and they're mm-hmm. willing, mm-hmm. but it helps them train their brain to speak Mm -hmm. in full sentences without being interrupted and really hear what their ideas are. Um, So yeah, I just just wish parents would, because we're people and we think we know everything, um, but I just wish that they would take advantage of not only books and online, but me, a person (laughs) in front of you that can share. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the, the hardest things about parenting, and, and because I think as a society we're set up to to succeed and what does success look like, right? Success doesn't look like help, doesn't look like not knowing or being confused, right? So as a parent, like if, when she was young, um, for my daughter, I mean, this has been a, a very interesting transition for us as she moves into her teenage years. Because um, I did too. When she was long, I'm like, I totally got this. We do cool <laughs> stuff. She's, <laughs> you know, whatever. Whatever it was that I thought in my head. And um, and it has been, th- one of the shifts we've had recently is that I start to tell her when I don't know or that, I, that it's, I'm frustrated too or I'm scared because I don't know how to handle this situation. And so, you know, that idea of, of rather than, I think sometimes we can default to trying to be authoritative when we get in that situation because now we want to take control, right? We want to make sure that whatever's going on, we're going to pretend we know how to control it. Mm-hmm. And it's been an interesting shift as I go towards, you know, maybe I need to be more <laughs> vulnerable and more, like, real with her. And that's probably a better way for her, too, to recognize it's, I hope, I don't know, but, you know, the spectrums of emotions. That's okay. It's okay mm-hmm. to be, you know. Um, but I, it, it is, I would like to, though, to feel... I like as as one of the things uh, the hearing from you, you know, just the tools and ways to absolutely to recognize certain ways to start the conversations because I think as teenagers, like I am noticing, she does get a little bit more guarded because she's starting to become aware of right and wrong and how people react to things. And so, how do you continue that flow of conversation so there's an openness even though there's you know transition happening Brandon well, what would have worked for you or what did work for you well yeah, go ahead <laughs> full disclosure dude tell us what would have worked for you in, a, in the past because I think it's you know I brought you on here because I want you to be honest as a child so if you say something about your dad I'm not going to like lose sleep yeah. over it <laughs> just a couple hours <laughs> <laughs> well what I was what I was thinking you know what you guys were talking is uh, you know you were talking about intuition it's like children are intuitive as well yeah you right, know right, right. they pick up um when you're uncomfortable when you're sad when you're frustrated when you're angry just because you're not expressing those things does not mean they're not aware of them um i would say from a personal perspective you know i mean i'm 30 now so i don't quite remember exactly my feelings you know 12 13 when i was you know adolescent years but i think um going back to that authenticity piece is when it, when a parent is trying to cover up those emotions, those feelings, um, it, it goes to that idea that it's like, it closes the, the door for like trusting mm-hmm. from a child mm-hmm. perspective. It's like, why are you lying to me? Like, I know you're sad right mm-hmm. now. I know mm-hmm. you're angry. Mm-hmm. Like, um, why do you have to be strong? Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, it's okay. Like vulnerability is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, just it's a two way street. And like, especially as children get older, like it becomes even more prevalent that like mm-hmm. this works both ways. Like the, the conversation goes both ways. The emotions go both ways. And like, you know, an open dialogue is beautiful. Like, I think that's, you know, I think there's a million ways to, you know, succeed as parents and there's a million ways to quote unquote, you know, fail as parents, but like open dialogue is like 
essential. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think like without communication in any relationship, I don't, I don't think they ever work. Right. You know? Right. And yeah, I don't know. Honesty is absolutely. I'm yeah. so glad you talked yeah. about um, the energy coming from people. I mean, mm-hmm. we just happened to be talking about parents and children, right. but people have an energy coming from them. And when they are sad or mad or angry, other people feel it. Have you ever walked in the room and mm-hmm. couldn't sit next to somebody who's like, mm, they, got, they feel kind of lucky today or sure, somebody yeah. just there are there are really stinks yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You're the worst>. <laughs> <laughs> brandon you make Hashtag. an excellent point that it does interrupt the trust trust factor mm-hmm. because you're right my daughters oftentimes say you're sad mom i'm like no i'm not and i i really am mm-hmm. and they're picking up on things that we don't mm-hmm. recognize mm-hmm. one of the things i just wanted to share quickly is that you know many of the like you mentioned jennifer many of the things that we have been defined by our society as success are not asking for help mm-hmm. and not being mm-hmm. vulnerable so we mm-hmm. want to plod through with what we think we know mm-hmm. but the airlines got the parenting thing really right to put your own oxygen mask on first mm-hmm. before you attempt to help mm-hmm. your children mm-hmm. because uh, what I offer families to do is to go to your desert island your own private desert island and sit there with all of your junk <laughs> you know and figure out what you're afraid of your terrors mm-hmm. and figure out what your um, trigger points are mm-hmm. and leave all that stuff on the island mm-hmm. and take a trip over I'll help you in my little boat to your child and then you can see them clearly what mm-hmm. they need because mm-hmm. you've left all your stuff over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when I was um, a lot of times when I'm coaching moms and dads who are dealing with you know substance abuse issues in the family, uh, well, this was like an aha moment. This is one of the things that brought me to this you know selfless listening that Brandon referred to. But I would say to the parents, tell me where you are emotionally. You know, give me some things to describe where you are. And while there were various um, adjectives to be used to describe them, there were about five constant. And it was, I'm angry, I'm afraid, I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed, I'm worried. Yes, mm. yes. Angry, afraid, frustrated, disappointed, worried. And I said, wow. I said, you realize four of these are all about you. Hmm. And they go, which, well, which one's not about me? I says, worried. You're worried for them. You're worried about them. I said, let's, back to your you know, dealing with your junk, let's leave your other four things aside. Let's talk about your worry and how we can come to this challenge, this problem, this situation from a place of concerned parent. Mm. And it shifted their thinking because they realized what they were bringing is was their toxicity, their own junk Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in, and it got in Mm -hmm. the way of what they really desired to accomplish. And they forgot to put the sixth one, or maybe didn't even know the sixth one existed, which is hope. Yeah. And hope equals having only positive expectations. Mm. Wow, love it. Yeah, which we learned about last night at the event we were in. Yeah. you got to keep the hope. Never um, lose hope. Never mm-hmm. lose hope. Right. Dave, how did you get to the point, because um, I'm assuming, were you a coach prior to walking this journey with, with, with uh, your son, or were you um, doing something different? I mean, how, how, what, what was the evolution of, of, of selfless listening? Um, and you reach kind of ironically, I was always seen as a sales guy and hated being seen as a sales guy. What I was was a relationship builder, and so I was, and because I never sold product, what I did was every I, amazing salesperson I've ever known that's how they think of themselves. Yeah, because <laughs> it's cause, true. Because I couldn't tell you what I sold. I mean, I can tell you by name what I sold, but I can't tell you technically what it, what were the features and benefits were. But so my goal when I met with a with somebody for the first time was discovering who they are. Mm-hmm. And it was all about learning to understand them, listening to them. Mm-hmm. 
and and so as I was going through this journey with myself, and I had you know a huge learning curve on in a whole lot of different areas as well. It was a great personal development journey, but it, there was a point where all of a sudden I realized, you know what I'm doing is I'm coaching these parents. I'm being good salespeople. I was teaching them how I teach salespeople. Mm. Listen to your kids. Understand mm-hmm. where they are. What's getting in the way. What do they need? Why do they need it? It's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, this is sales 101. Well, because good sales is what? It's relationship. It's relationship and solving problems. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're doing is helping people find the path to their uh, through their problems to the solutions they, they desire to get to. That's sales. That's parenting in some respects. Mm-hmm. You know, navigate yeah. the chaos in your life to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really what it was. Okay. Now, so were you able to employ some of that when you, so so it's one thing to do it for other people. How did that translate <laughs> into a, how you re- reacted to situations as a parent in your own in your well, own story? Well, <laughs> it, um, the first was not to pick on your words, but the first thing was learn not to react and learn to respond. Mm. Um, because then what I did was I was able, you know, back to this thing is is that you know, we get we get so caught up in the tornado, the storm of mm. whatever's going on, and mm-hmm. that you know that's what I did with with my son. That's what I've done with other things. It's like, I got to dive in. I've got to fix it. Mm. And now instead what I've learned is, okay, step back. You know, what do you know? What don't you know? What do you need to know? And then um, I think that Sharon hit on something that's so powerful is trusting who I am as a parent, that Mm. my love is enough to guide me through this Mm -hmm. because there's nothing that changes my relationship with my son. You know, a lot of things can change. There's one thing that won't change is how much I love him. Right. Mm. And my love for him will help me navigate everything if I allow it to, intuitively. Right. I don't know how you feel yes, about that. Yes, no, I think that's excellent. I also like that you say, you know, you're going to respond because parents, people, United States, fix it, fix it, do it. What are you doing, doing, doing? And sometimes the best thing for both your children and you is to pause, mm. observe, don't do anything, especially for teenagers, often because you allow them to discover their own answers mm-hmm. and their own solutions, which will be different than yours. Mm-hmm. And therein lies the challenge, <laughs> you know, recognizing that they are a mini them and yeah. they're going to live in the world and solve problems very differently from you. But they will be able to discover their own success, mm-hmm. which helps to build their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know, Brandon says he doesn't remember saying this to me, but I will just share this with you. Um, well, I think the reason he didn't, and, and if it's okay if I say this, I think you were in a state of your active addiction, so some things don't always necessarily come back to clarity for you. But um, I, fin- I went on this bike ride, and I did some things for personal development. I remember, I remember at one point I looked him right in the eye, and I said, I cannot be responsible for your recovery anymore. And he looked at me, he says, that's good. That means now I have to. Yes. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, what now do you I mean? get to? I think, yeah, now right? I get to. And I'm thinking mm. like, holy crap. And I started thinking about it, and that's exactly what I was doing. I was trying to fix the situation in his life when it wasn't mine to fix. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And once I, am, once I released myself from it and gave it to him, two things happened. First of all, he owned it from that day forward because I declared it. I heard myself say it, and I could live in that space and do that, which is not always easy. That's a problem, you know, challenge for all parents. Mm -hmm. But once I empowered him, I also empowered myself to love him in a different space in a different way Mm -hmm. without having to fix it. And I think that, that, you know, again, it was years ago, so I'm not saying that was a significant shift for him, but it was definitely a significant shift for me as his dad. Absolutely. It's, It's what I term detached involvement. Mm-hmm. So you get involved to the point that you can, and you detach from the person's yeah. result. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, 
there is, you know, while I don't remember the actual, you know, word for word conversation, um, I definitely do. I, I remember the circumstance, you know, I, I know that kind of what you said that it actually empowers me to be, you know, the driver of my journey as opposed to being in the back seat, you know? And, um, I think, you know, with our family dynamic, like in my teenage years and whatever, um, absolutely. I was determined that whatever you said, I wasn't going to do. Um, and that, that continued obviously, you know, up until a couple of years ago and maybe not quite like, you know, everything you say I'm not going to do, but it definitely did play a part, a part in that. So it's like, um, to my own detriment that, you know, if you, if you say, Hey, go to rehab, it's like, well, I'm screw that. I'm not going to rehab. You know, that's what he wants me to do. And, um, it did very, uh, very well play, play a, a huge role in, you know, kind of preventing me originally and, you know, empowering me in the end when you let go of that. Um, and it also speaks to me on a deeper perspective. It's saying, you know, I trust you. Mm-hmm. When you say, when you say, I'm no longer going to be a part of this, it's going, I trust you to take control of your life. Mm-hmm. And it's something you probably never realized or thought about. But it does. It's empowering me in a in a way that you probably you know wouldn't have thought about. It's you know that trust piece is important. Trusting a child, you know, they mm-hmm. want to feel that they're you know that they can get this, and sometimes they need a shoulder to cry on. But like sometimes they need their to spread their wings and fly, mm-hmm. you know, and they need to be you know encouraged to do that. Mm-hmm. So glad you came, and so glad <laughs> you just said what you said. It's so valuable to hear from. A young person. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just had a similar conversation on a, <laughs> on a lesser scale, but it is interesting. Again, I don't know that we sometimes give children the, um, I don't know that I sometimes give children the credit for the intellectual maturity that they do have and the, the intuition that they follow pretty naturally. And that idea that they know, like sh- my daughter knows she's ready to be, she wants to be trusted. And when we mm-hmm. give her parameters, um, there needs to be a pretty good explanation around it. Like, like the, you know, and if there's not, if it's just we just feel like we should say no to this or whatever, then then that conversation happens where she's like, if I feel like you don't trust me, you don't, and I, I don't have, any, and you don't have any reason not to trust me, right? She's not, mm-hmm. and she's right. She hasn't done anything that where are we, you know, we should be giving her, you know, give her that space, mm-hmm. and even not only spread your wings, but sometimes fall, right, yes. and know what yeah, it's like absolutely. to to get back up and have to redirect yourself so So talking about communication and just like with your daughter I have two of them and they are different as night and day and knowing how to talk to them became frustrating to me Mm. only speaking from the way I like to communicate so Mm -hmm. there are a number of programs that have personality identifiers Mm -hmm. like in business like strength finders and disc and Myers-Briggs but I love to use a simpler one like True Colors and Personality Lingo because it does give a little information in four different categories by color. So a blue person, which is what I am, is all about love. Can we all get along together? 
and it's conversation, <laughs> relationships. And then my younger daughter is free, really. You know, nothing's ever going to happen to me. The world's my oyster. Oh, yeah, I got to see. No worries. It'll work out somehow. I got a D. F failed. No worry. You know, so that's very opposite than me. And then my former husband is a gold, which is he's a lawyer. So there is a right and a wrong and mm. there is no middle. There's only what somebody decided was a rule, and you better follow it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's my uh, older daughter, who's a scientist, all in her head, all about thinking things through, slow to speak, slow to react. So knowing those four different personalities mm-hmm. is valuable for parents because as you're trying to speak with your daughter mm-hmm. and understand that she mm-hmm. maybe needs less words from you, mm-hmm. <laughs> She maybe needs a little bit of explanation Mm -hmm. and then give her like double dutch, give her a little room and bring Mm -hmm. it back and give her a little room and bring Mm -hmm. it back. And what I understood was that for my daughters, it's talk less, Mm. you know, one or two things I can say. And after that, I've lost them. So Mm -hmm. I have to really manage myself. What are the most important things I want to say to you today? (laughs) (laughs) You like got no cards. Like, all right, Right? pick it. (laughs) Little Kanban. You know, you're pulling up. Not this sticky today. (laughs) And then to speak to Dave's listening, then you can listen from those perspectives. So Mm -hmm. when now I'm hearing my older daughter say to me, don't hug me, that's like, blasphemy to a blue mom who Mm -hmm. wants to just hug her kids all the time but now I can listen to what she's saying she says I need you to create a safe space for me Mm. so right now don't hug me so now I can ask is now an okay time to hug but I have to be willing to get the no Mm -hmm. and accept it and accept it yeah we I've had that experience with parents where their children make it very clear don't do xyz and then the mom runs right through it and I said I said you ran through the stops yeah but I want I says this isn't about you they said, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. And if you show them, truly do want to show them that you love, that you're listening, that you care, that you're respectful, etc., you're going to honor their request. Their request, not what you need, is what they desire. It's mm-hmm. the nurture versus yeah. just the love. Yeah. yeah, yeah, how it manifests itself. And I thought it was really interesting to think of the, it's kind of like the notion of getting a job. You can't get a job without experience. But you can't, you know, you can't get experience without a job. You can't get credit without having gotten a loan. But you can't get a loan unless you've gotten credit. And right. so that's what your daughter's saying: is, uh, Mom, you got to trust me. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but I'm not sure I do yet. Okay, then give me something that allows me to show you that I can Which be trustworthy. She has. Right. Like that's the thing. That's her, her point, <laughs> and that's why sometimes I look at it and I'm like. Oh. <laughs> You're a person. You hate it when Darn. she's right. No, I do. So I make that joke, but actually, I love it. I'm like, yeah. oh, you were right again. Um, or, I mean, I just, you know, that's exactly what she said. Is the, the topic we were we were discussing? She had already proven she could be responsible about. Mm-hmm. We're fearful because it's 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 around apps. It's just like phone stuff, and so she wants this one thing, and we're like, ugh. But she has proven to be responsible. You know, we haven't, so her thing is, why wouldn't I continue that same level of responsibility? Um, and that's a good point. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a good point to make a decision based yeah. on what other people might do or have done and not make the decision based on what she has done and her, you know, behavior and her experience is, is an, you know, it does mm-hmm. make you stop and think. Now, as a parent, you still kind of like, I'm, I know a little bit more about the world and it's yes. not about you, it's about, yes. you know, but the fact that that's how she's thinking gives me a pretty clear idea of how I'm going to, she's not going <laughs> to, being authoritative with her is probably not going to be my, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going to be a successful go-to for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be like, that's going to fail. It really is going to be about that, you know, letting her have room and, and when she needs and being there so that she can ask questions and trying to provide good counsel. 
um, as she continues to grow and and then trusting her and then knowing that she's going to make some mistakes and then you know okay well Mm-hmm. And Brandon, you could probably speak more to this, but um, from the brain-child development perspective, we parents do have to hang in there and stay there because as a teenager, you have all of your adrenaline going, I got this, I can do everything, <laughs> but your thought process for you know what's coming next and consequences is not fully developed. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, how many of us knew so much more when we were teenagers than we do now? <laughs> you know, I knew everything when I was 13 years old. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's funny because it, it, there's it, it's kind of a interesting, you know, battle, kind of what, what you guys are discussing, because it's like, well, y- you know, you... You need you. You have the life experience as the parent, so by default, you know you probably do know more what you're talking about. But that doesn't mean that the kid's wrong. You know that doesn't mean that the child is wrong. And absolutely, to speak to what you were saying, it's like you do, you do have to let your child fail. Like you you cannot coddle and protect your child through their entire life. Um, I mean, you can try and maybe, I mean, maybe it's possible. I don't know, but I, I highly doubt that it would, uh, lead to a good end result for that, for that child. Because like everything, everything in my, uh, I guess I'll just speak from my own life. Like where I have failed the worst is where I've grown the most. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if your yeah. child never never fails, where are they growing? Mm-hmm. You know, they're only growing in the safety of, you know, your protection. What happens if, you, if you're if you gone? Mm-hmm. You know, then they there's a, just this nuclear fallout disaster, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, failure's... Failure's a great thing, you mm-hmm. know, if not at the time, but, yeah. it, you know... <laughs> Never, but, event, but eventually, <laughs> never been good at the time. Yeah, no, no, not no, for no, any no. of us. But it's it, but it's, been it's a great thing when you, in hindsight, it's been what. If, yeah, I'm, I agree with you. As I, you know, look at all, all my mistakes and the things that I've done wrong, or the in my greatest failures have also been my greatest lessons, mm-hmm. absolutely greatest experiences. Those are the things I refer to first and most. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you think about a ship, you know that that's uh, at the docks. It's very safe. You know, maybe rocks a little bit with the wind, but at the dock, tethered to the dock, it's really quite safe. Nothing too much is going to happen to it, but that's not what ships were built for. Right. Mm-hmm. Just like kids. Mm-hmm. They're built to go out in the world and be themselves. Be who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you balance the, um, like, giving them that space, but also, you know, um, I mean, to some degree, creating some buffer, right? You don't want to just be like, hey, go walk into the middle of the street. <laughs> right. Good luck with that. Here's hoping. Yeah. Fingers crossed, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's that that that, that balance that, that keeps the conversation open. And so I guess I'm trying to lead into, I want to hear more about selfless listening and how that, <laughs> how that, no. I mean, it, Perfect, so seriously, right. that idea of well, there's how do you keep that open so that they are coming for counsel and are open to when, when they've asked for that information, you know? Well, um you're, you're one, one of my that's one of the reasons i just love um sharon's you know no judgment piece you know the just love also too but um selfless listening has to be a safe place mm-hmm. for your for your child to share 
um, they know that they can share with you what's really going on. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about, you know, I think of all the things I hid from my parents. There's stuff that I did wrong that I was definitely keeping from my parents. Mm -hmm. But there were also things that I wasn't sharing with my parents because I knew they wouldn't get it. Mm -hmm. And the reason they wouldn't get it is they couldn't hear it enough to understand it. And so when you say, how does this, how do you, you know, get to that point where you can communicate what you want? It's just like anything in leadership development. Mm-hmm. Um, until somebody feels heard, they're not going to trust you mm-hmm. with, with your word. So um, what I share with parents is, is that creating a safe place means there's no judgment, no criticism, no condemnation. When they come to you and say, I just don't feel right, you don't dismiss, oh, honey, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Because what you're doing is you're not honoring them mm-hmm. saying, I don't feel good. Or I'm afraid, oh, don't worry, everything's going to be all right. You're not honoring that. And so the idea being is is, is actually going to the next layer, understanding, giving them a place where they can actually share mm-hmm. what's behind what's what they're sharing mm-hmm. to the point where you truly get it. And once they realize, oh, yeah, every time I go to my mom or my dad and I start to talk, they really allow me the space, mm-hmm. back to what we talked earlier, to express myself completely. Mm-hmm. Then you can get to a point where the way you've taught them and the way you communicate, you remind them of the principles and the values that you've instilled within them from day one about, you know, what's what's correct, what's incorrect, what's good and proper, or what's noble, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, um, and try to get away from right and wrong because mm-hmm. that's a little, that's a little you know, scarier. But there are things intuitive. We all know what even kids know. Right. You know right from wrong. You knew right from wrong when you were very young. Yeah. We're smart enough to know that, yeah. you know, as people, right? I don't know how you feel about that, Sharon, but... Totally. We're born with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but the idea right is just... Right wrong is different for everybody. <laughs> it is, but there are some... There are there's some... There's there's some, yeah. there's there's some universal Because we're animals. Humanistically, we, we, we know what some things that are, that are truly appropriate for Absolutely. getting along with others. Absolutely. For operating in a, in, a, in, a, in a society. You know, we have to reinforce them and, and remind people of them or give them some meaning behind it. But I, I think intuitively, we all, we all know how to do it. So it's whether we've you know, gotten instilled in us in a way that we practice it and we're willing to you know um, live it out and that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. so it's, you know, again I would say IMO in my opinion but <laughs> <laughs> and Dave I think there is a real uh, beginning to everything you said what you said is so valuable to create a safe space for our children and anyone especially mm-hmm. children's that mm-hmm. children that are going through something mm-hmm. or not <laughs> just right. so that they I mean they're not going to tell you everything and l- really you probably don't want to hear everything but you want to hear <laughs> the places where you can support them you want to hear the places where they are defining success in their way so that you can attribute that to your thought process mm-hmm. but the thing that's the most valuable is seriously that island because you hear most of us here as you started out the conversation tell us your terrors of parenting mm-hmm. we hear from our fears mm. And when we're listening to our children, even though they're saying the sky is blue and wonderful, we're hearing, oh, my God, there's a storm coming. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so you want to be able to take away your stuff. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be fixed. It doesn't have to be resolved. It just has to not be in the conversation of listening to your child. Mm -hmm. So you listen more with an open, no judgment kind of ear and really, really hear what they're saying. And then if you can understand who your child is based on these colors and what they need, you will know whether a response is even necessary or not. We always think we want to respond, but Mm -hmm. sometimes our children just want to talk. Yeah. And they don't need a response. They don't need a fix. They don't need an affirmation. They just need 
okay. <laughs> and then there are ones like me that, what do you think, Mom? What do you, and, you know, talk to me back and forth. Mm. So it's really knowing who your children are mm. and who they're becoming and how you as a parent can create that safe listening space, that safe try and try again space mm-hmm. in your home while they're there so they get courageous to go mm-hmm. out in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I, um, I love that. It, it kind of carrying that next step forward. So you kind of like that. I would say that that's, you know, setting the groundwork for the conversation, right? And creating a space for your daughter to share with her who she authentically is and where she authentically is. Mm-hmm. Um, the second piece is, is if it, it goes into resolution. Okay, we're going to let, okay, but my, you know, the, the flip the coin, now your, your daughter or your, my son or whatever is now done sharing. They're done telling. It's like, what do you think? Um, what I what I really focus on doing is um, not engaging in problem solving for them, but engaging problem solving with them. Mm-hmm. So it's more like, okay, so well, tell me, mm-hmm. yes, what you think and how you would like to respond to it. And um, you know, I'll just tell you as I, the last person I practiced selfless listening on was with my wife. And believe it or not, and mm-hmm. I really, I, you know, I'll just true disclosure uh, towards the end of the show is going, holy crap, I want to hear more about this. But anyway. <laughs> um, not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was like my wife and I just went on a trip two weeks or three weeks ago, and I realized that the one person I'm not communicating with effectively is my wife. Mm. So we got in the car, and I said, she says, what, the radio's not? I says, nope, it's the only thing I'm going to listen to you for the next 4,000 miles is you. And she's like, what? I said, you've gone through a lot of stuff, and I realize I haven't practiced selfless listening on you. And so there was a day where she just like totally and completely unloaded on me about all the stuff that she's been frustrated with, some of it, for years. And it was, you know, there was almost like to the point where what could I say other than acknowledge it? But then towards the end of that of that rant and into the next day, I said, okay, now... Tell me what you would like to say next now that you've released this. Where would you like this to go? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I'm, it wasn't my job necessarily to problem solve. It's my job to be a tour guide to how do we solve this problem? How do we deal with this? But if I, like to what Brandon says, if I then give them the answer, I've taught them half the thing is how to be authentic, but I still haven't taught them how to problem solve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And navigating life's difficulties is the other part of maturation through adversity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So anyway, I'm glad you guys all love the my, the wife story. But. I love that <laughs> a husband who listens. Wow. Yeah, it only took me 38 years. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I, very, like, I get a very small. Down a notch in one, our, uh, yeah. I get a one very time. very small merit badge. <laughs> but wear it proudly, but Dave. You did, you did get there. So. Yes, Brandon. What's one of the most surprising things you learned about yourself in during your, um, I guess, your journey to recovery? Is that um, fair enough? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think recovered doesn't really exist. I mean, it's a, it, like, not, like, yeah, like, I'm not like, sure any, what word, like anything, like, like anything else. Thing you gotta, you, you gotta always do work for it. Yeah. Um, I'm not necessarily a huge proponent of the 12 steps, you know, I mean, they work for some people, they don't work for other people. Um, you know, I've said to my dad, multiple times that everything works and nothing works mm-hmm. um like basically but your what works is what you work yeah what is going to work for you is when whatever you're doing when you decide you want to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me <clears throat> and uh <clears throat> sorry i have a bit of a cold no um but um I guess the the question was what is, what have I learned most learned? What's, a, yeah. what's a, something you learned about yourself? I you would found? say um, 
One of the hardest things that, like, I mean, I'm still learning is uh, that, you know, this might sound very, you know, I don't know. This is a judgment-free zone. Yeah, yeah. But, like, is basically that, like, I'm I'm lovable. You know, like, that's, like... I would say it's so prominent in in many uh, addicts' lives that it's like it really comes down to just like this like emptiness like in in somebody's heart and it's like that needs to be filled and lifted up and and you know shined on and like and it's just that like if if you can't love yourself. I really, I don't think it's possible to recover. Like, like, like you, you have to see that your life is worth it, worth it. Like your life is worth living. Mm -hmm. And like, that was something that I struggled with so many times. And it's also why, like, you can't do it for other people because Mm -hmm. eventually, like, if you still have that emptiness in you, Mm -hmm. you can love your daughter, you can love your, you know, parents, you can love anybody but you can't do it for them because until you love yourself, you're just, you know, mm-hmm. you have to know that you're worth it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Isn't that powerful? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks. Well, we have, uh, like, what, five minutes to go? So I um, uh, did want to make sure I gave Sharon an opportunity. Sharon has a uh, book coming out. It's well, here. It's, it's not, it's not it's coming here. out. It's here, Dave. It came out and, yesterday. And uh, that's right. I saw right. it. That's right. I saw it. And um, so... Tell us a little bit about this. Uh, that's, that's it's not a, it's not a book as much as it is a coloring yeah. book. And yes. there's, so tell us a little bit about it and what's behind it and how uh, who uses it and how they use it. Okay, um, thank you, Dave, for this opportunity. I um, see the world through the eyes of love. I see every person as worthy of being loved, even the people that we may discard or, or have confusion about. Somewhere, like you say, Brandon, there is a space for love. And love doesn't mean I have to hang out with you or be around you. It just Mm -hmm. means that I respect your presence in the world and you belong here just as much as I do. And so I'm I'm watching as a parenting coach in a family relationship where children and parents get bullied a lot, they get disregarded a lot, they get um, just demeaned. And No Judgment Just Love is a message that helps us all be kinder to each other. Because even if you can just see in one small value in someone else, kindness ensues, because that's who we are naturally. Mm-hmm. So I want to deliver this message in a way that adults can understand it. And I started writing an adult coloring journal because coloring is meditative and journaling helps you heal. Mm-hmm. But these poems just started flying out of me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like Dr. Zeus rhymes, and I thought, oh my goodness, this is a children's book wh- rushing out of my soul. So I created the No Judgment, Just Love coloring journal book. It's based for children, but really children of all ages, mm-hmm. and it's an opportunity to learn what No Judgment, Just Love means, and of course we judge because we're human. That's just a natural thing we do. It's when you pause, and what you do next is what's important. Mm. And so it's up on Amazon as of yesterday. I'm a published author. It's, it's so exciting. Thank you, nice. Jennifer. No, it really awesome. is. The No Judgment, Just Love coloring book. Yes, yeah. it's okay. a No Judgment, Just Love. But then it also has like little exercises in it so you can color and write thoughts or doodle. It does it has nice little poems that talk about different things you encounter. 
and cool. And there's a left-handed version. And there's a left-handed yes. version. And a right-handed version. Yes, thank you, Dave. Yeah, you know, there's no judgment for our lefties out there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the pictures are on the left. The you don't first have to ever smudge. left-handed book. Yeah, for coloring <laughs> for kids. And also Great. there's a pledge in the back there for anyone who wants to take it. And it's uh, kind of how to live with no judgment, just I love. Think, is it the yeah. I pledge? It's I pledge, yeah. right. Right Get a left-handed right movement there. going. Mm-hmm. Left-handed yeah. water bottles. Yes. Left-handed silverware. Left-handed cups where you can see the <laughs> message on the side when you hold oh. it with your left hand. <laughs> see? All the pain points for lefties I never think about. I know. My daughter's a lefty, and she was like, Mom, right on, right on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, great. it's beautiful. The covers. Who did the... The cover is from my friend Laura Thurban. She's a That's masterful artist. Beautiful. She's a teacher and a muralist uh, from Peru and international. And she resonated with this message so much. So I would just give her the poem, and she'd come back with these beautiful images mm. of what would match. So Amazon.com. Look for No Judgment, it. Just it Love. Right. It's a great, $8. It's a great, uh, <laughs> the holidays are coming up. Yes. Whatever you celebrate, it's a good thing for, uh, or you birthdays. Know, I had, and I had a, a mom in Detroit, and we would talk about different things, you know, do meditative stuff. And, you know, she um, wasn't really able to, uh, isn't able to walk or ride a bike. She tried, but, you know, her health just uh, limited her ability, especially riding a bike in the wintertime in Detroit. But she said, I color. <laughs> yeah. So you do. She said, every once in a while, I just get coloring pencils and I start coloring. She said, sometimes it's two or three hours later, I realize I've been coloring for three yes. hours. Mm-hmm. And it brings her peace. So I think this is a, a, so cool. a really great idea, Sharon. Thank Nicely you. Done. Thank Nicely you. Because it is hard to meditate and it's a really good thing for you, right? Mm-hmm. And especially for kids, but to color isn't or to you know answer questions like there's still it's still very therapeutic and meditative without it having to sit still and you know one of my goals is to take a conversation and coloring tour around our state and then ultimately nationally and go to places like uh, incarcerated parents where Mm. when families come to visit there's just kind of superficial conversation but what if they had each a book? That's such a cool idea. Right? Yes. Keep me. I will I'll help with that. <laughs> okay. Like, I love you. that because it is. It's, it's such a nice thing. Like, and it feels yeah. nor- normal is a terrible word, but it feels like that's a good open space yes. versus being worried about all the other stuff going on around you. Because even like crisis centers or things like yes. that where yeah. you're so aware. So. We um, had what you know. Believe it, we said we're going to wing it. We <laughs> did wing it. We had a great Every conversation. Every time I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know. But now it's time to wrap it up. Sharon, thank you so much thank for joining you. us and sharing with us the things you do. Brandon, thank, thank you, you for your authenticity as yes. always, buddy. I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. were you were a special guy. Yeah. Jennifer, thanks. Thank you, Dave. It was great. Thank you. It was lovely meeting everybody. Yes. So have a wonderful week, and uh, don't forget to go out and get no judgment, just love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Have a great week, everyone.